Hey everybody, you're going to be listening now to part two of episode two of Yankees FanCast. Alright, so for our next uh, discussion, we wanted to get a little deeper into the Yankees outfield for 2009. So, um, what uh, what's on your mind about this? Well, I read an article, um, and we all know that uh, Matsui's been having some leg issues the past couple of years. He, this season, or this spring training, he is not going to take any time in left field. He will not be in left field at all during spring training. And as of the time when the article was written, he's going to have very limited playing time in left field during the course of the season. So that puts their depth chart down one in left field. What confuses me about the depth chart, which lists um, Damon, Nady, Swisher, Matsui, and, and left, is they don't have Cabrera over there. Right. Um. Has Melky has he ever played left field? I, I know yeah. he's certainly center, and I've seen him play right a couple times. Actually, he played he played left quite a bit of left field um, just after uh, Matsui broke his hand, I think. Um, Matsui broke his hand. Damon was still playing center, and Melky was over and over left. He played quite a bit there, and then then my, then uh, Damon got moved over, and and Cabrera got put into center at the. I don't know if it was the beginning of the next year or after after a little while, but played quite a bit of left field. He has, he has the arm for it. I, I, he guns people out, you know, yeah. pretty pretty well from any uh, any field he's playing. So his defense wouldn't have been an issue over there. So I, it just I'm just questioning why he, why he isn't in left. You know why why they wouldn't have him on the depth chart over in in left over. You know I I know Nady plays plays left and I. I I guess Swisher has. I, I haven't seen him play left before because he plays so many different positions. It's kind of yeah. hard to <laughs> hard to figure it out. But I I don't know. I figured they would have had Cabrera over there. You know, ahead of somebody. You know, ahead of at least ahead of Swisher because Swisher's already the backup for first base and right field. So yeah. So you're Joe Girardi. What is your um, outfield look like? Who's who's starting? You know what. <laughs> If I was Joe Girardi, I man, I don't know. I guess I guess uh, Nady over and right, Damon and Damon and left, and uh, I, I it's it's really hard hard to say that I'd go with Bright Gardner because the man's fast. He has great defense. I mean, he he reminds me his defense in in center reminds me of uh, center fielder for the Rays. Plays shallow center field, so he gets those bloops. But he can run back to that wall and catch the long, you know, the one that you think is going to get over everybody else's head. BJ Upton. Yeah, there you go, BJ Upton. They both have that speed out there, and then Gardner has good speed on the base paths, you know. And I, I, I've seen him bunt, so he, he could definitely bunt. It's just actually hitting the ball, you know, when he's up. And I, I know he may, you know, people will be like, oh, he was clutch against Boston. Yeah, he was clutch one game against Boston. I, I didn't see him hit much besides that. <laughs> And not not to put him down, I think with you know spending time with in the Yankees camp and with um, at the major league level and and working with um, Kevin Long, I think he'll get better. But I think Cabrera coming off the year he had, he's he's lined up for a, a big comeback year this year. So I I guess I'd have to put Melky in uh, Melky starting center field. Yeah, I will agree with you there. I think uh, Damon in left 
Melky in center and Nady in right field. Start the season off with with those three and kind of see how it progresses. I think Melky needs another shot. I think we haven't, I guess, given him as much time as he might might be needed. He's how old, Greg? Is he 22, 23? Uh, I think 23, 24. Yeah, okay. some, somewhere in there. He, he's a young guy still. Yeah, he's in my starting lineup for the beginning of the season. Um, as of right now, though, it looks, I mean, according to Yankees.com, the depth chart has Brett Gardner at center. We'll see. Yep, we'll see. Exactly, because Brett, Brett Gardner is a leadoff hitter. I mean, that's that's where, because he can, because he can lay down a bunt, and once he gets the hitting figured out, he can get the first bit. You know, he can beat out those those little little grounders to first, and he can get on base, and that's that's what a leadoff hitter does. Right now, you got Johnny Damon who can lead off, and towards the end of the towards the ninth ninth person in the in the lineup, you know, between ninth hitter, I'm sorry, between Gardner and Cabrera, I'd put Cabrera just because I think he can hit better. But they're showing Gardner, so we'll see what happens in the spring. <laughs> yeah, do you think Damon's still a leadoff guy? I do. Yeah, he still has the speed. I think last year he had some leg issues at the beginning of the year, and it kind of slowed him down. That's why he lost center field. Really, is he just there last year, or year before, whenever he lost center field mm-hmm. um, due to some leg issues? But on the base paths, that guy can that guy can move. You know, he can still burn it up there, and I think he's got at least one more year at the at the number one spot and this is the last year with the Yankees so yeah that's the year to do it <laughs> he'll have a big season too this year I think coming up on a free agent year he's looking for that one last good contract I think this is going to be a, a pretty big year for Damon so prospects this season who's the most promising prospect who do you think is going to be the uh, maybe the x factor for the Yankees this season you know I'm wondering if we're going to have any rookies on the team, really, because there's so much depth right now looking at the chart. If I had to, to guess on a guy coming up and having a great, great year, um, i got to say Phil Cope. He's, uh, he's, in the bull, he's listed in the bullpen on the depth chart. I'm thinking he's, he's gonna, I think he's going to make the major league roster. I, I'd like to see it, and I'd like to see him do well. And after him, I'd say Austin Jackson will be coming up through the minor leagues fast. But he'll probably not really make a, a big splash until next year, would be my guess. So as of as of right now, looking at looking at what we you know, who's would be a rookie this year based on their definition, I'd have to say Phil Coke. Um or I, I guess I don't consider Kennedy or Hughes or Aceves really rookies. Right. Maybe Aceves could be considered one, but most of the other guys they've been they've been in at least a year and sometimes more. I wonder if um, Melky, you know, for some reason, is just not getting the job done. And then they turn to Gardner, and he's not getting the job done. If they would, you know, look. I know they're kind of deep in the outfield, but if they would, you know, look to, uh, you know, to cult- cultivate some of the younger talent and give it a shot. You know, I don't think Girardi's uh, a guy that's afraid to take some chances once in a while. No, uh, he's definitely not a guy. And I think if Cabrera doesn't come up and hit the way he did two years ago and play the way he did because there was a couple times last year where it was very nonched a lot, like waving to the fans as somebody's up at the plate kind of stuff. And I, and I don't want to get down on him because I, I am a fan of Melk, but if he doesn't get it done, I think he will be will be sent down or traded, you know, because he doesn't hit. He, if he gets sent down, it's uh, 
he's on waiver. You know, he, somebody else can pick him up. They'll jump on him. Just, yeah, somebody else will jump on him if he gets sent down. So he's he's got to he's got to get on the major league roster at the beginning of the season and play like he did, like he can. You know, he has to hit some home runs. He has to get on base and he has to play D. You know. He has to he has to be out there, you know, calling Damon or Navy off if 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 he sees it better. You know, he's he's got to be hustling the whole time. He's just gotta he's gotta he's gotta work and he's gotta not be lackadaisical. Because I think that was something that they didn't like about like Bobby Abreu was sometimes they thought he was half-ass and I don't think he was. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people get that have that impression of Bobby Abreu, who's kind of a laid back guy, laid back personality, and you can see where it might come across in his fielding sometimes. And I know playing right field, I remember a few times watching him play, and he uh, just didn't go maybe after a ball towards foul territory as aggressively as you know one would think he could have. Yeah. And it's it's just little bits and impressions like that that start you know building up in an organization like the Yankees. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we talked about Bobby last week, and we're definitely going to miss him. Oh yeah, definitely. And and I was always a big fan of Bobby Abreu, and I was when I found out how much the Angels are paying for him, I was <laughs> I was like, why couldn't we trade Nick Swisher sooner? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Can't can't we find some way to put Johnny Damon back in center field, Xavier Nady in in left field, and keep Bobby Abreu in right? <laughs> yeah. You know, something. But you know, it didn't happen. So. You go with what we got, and I think we got a great, great outfield depth. All right. Any final thoughts for the Yankees outfield? Again, just uh, I think we got to watch the minor leagues and see how um, this prospect uh, Austin Jackson does coming up. Because you know, after this year, Damon's gone, Nady's going into free agency, so he's probably not going to be a Yankee next year. Um, if Cabrera, you know, has any issues. And I think Austin Jackson might be the guy either next year or the year after that is, you know, he's the number one prospect in the system right now. He's he's going to be coming up strong. I, I, I'm i looking forward to see what he does this spring. So keep an eye on him in the minors this year. Definitely will. And you and I are going to have to go see him maybe in Rochester when uh, Scranton comes to town. We'll have to go uh, yep. check him out. <laughs> It'll be fun to watch, and I'd definitely like to see him playing against the Wings. Well... I think it's the time everybody's been waiting for. You ready to uh, reveal your top five baseball movies? Oh, yeah. So why don't you start it off, Greg? What honorable mentions? Okay, my honorable mentions were uh, League of Their Own with uh, Gina Davis, um, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, you know, Tom Hanks. Uh, Also, uh, honorable mention was uh, For Love of the Game with uh, Kevin Costner. Awesome. I thought that was a great movie. What did you, you think about that one? Yeah, it's one of my honorable mentions as well. I that movie gets me so excited. <laughs> Just as that movie has uh, the right momentum, they build up towards the. Uh, no, I don't want to give it away for people, but you know, cover your ears if you haven't seen it. Leading up to the perfect game. Um, yep. Just awesome. Well done. Very well done. Just the whole the whole thing of uh, the way they filmed it, uh, the way they cut it together, just. Just well, well done, well written, well acted too. I mean, Costner did a good job in that in that role. I thought the Yankees are in that movie, involved in that movie, although they are the losing team, the team that gets uh, no hit. Mm-hmm. But 
in the movie nonetheless. In the movie nonetheless. Any other, any other honorable mentions? One last honorable mention for me was uh, Mr. Baseball with uh, Tom Selleck. Yeah. He uh, kind of an older ball player that uh, gets gets uh, a contract with a Japanese team and uh, goes over there and just just a funny, quirky, you know, movie about a guy who kind of is a has-been that really comes out on top by, out there and, yeah, obviously, you know, has some other, you know, minor subplots like he falls in love and really bonds with the coach out there and, you know. The coach, the coach is, isn't the coach the father of his love interest in the movie? If I remember yes. Correctly. <laughs> yes, he was. And so that added a little twist to the whole thing and, and basically a big, you know, six foot two or six foot three baseball, American baseball player going over to Japan and playing a sport where the Japanese have a respect for the game that just is i i would love to to see to be at a japanese game because i i got a feeling that it would be an awesome sight to see how the japanese fans are um when it comes to the game just not just by watching that movie i'm am i saying that just you know how they follow matsui how they follow matsuzaka and and everything now i just and then seeing what Hollywood translated that into seemed to be pretty cool and I'd like to see that live. I think it'd be a pretty cool thing to see. I actually found a list. It's called baseballmovie.com and it's just a list of all baseball movies and not just movies that have baseball, you know, as a subplot, but actual the whole movie is based around baseball. I mentioned for the love of the game that's one of my honorables. Um also have Major League with uh, Charlie Sheen, so Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it's funny. You look at my list, and I think your list as well. There's the serious ones, but there's also the goofy comedies too. And baseball can can play well with both, in my opinion. Um, and then I also have Field of Dreams. And you know, you're probably going to pick on me for this, but I saw Field of Dreams for the first time about a year and a half ago. I hadn't had never seen it. So wow, yeah, never, man, yeah. We had that on VHS growing up. I would watch it. Because cause I, I do like that movie quite a bit. I I would watch it once a week for a summer one time. When I was in like 8th grade or something, I don't know. <laughs> what becomes very apparent here is uh, Kevin Costner's involvement in just a lot of baseball movies. And not just a lot, but just a lot of good baseball movies too. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. All right, so what's your number five? My number five, I have to say The Natural. And, and i got to point out that one through five can be shuffled depending on the day to me. <laughs> my my one through five could, I mean, and even honorable mentions could take the place for a day or something. It, it's it's funny like that with, with movies and me sometimes, you know, just especially movies that when I have to rank them because, you know, depending on the day, if I'm in a quirky mood, then something could shoot up the charts. But today, <laughs> The Natural with, uh, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Yeah, Robert Redford. Rob, Robert Redford um, is, not, is my number five. Yeah. Love that movie. What always I remember first and foremost from The Natural is uh, this the score, the soundtrack always stands out in my mind. Just, uh, you know, it was made in 84, I think, and it was one of these movies I saw at a young age and just kind of stuck with me and just being epic, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. and for a baseball movie that was just so cool. And I remember being a kid and just wanting to make my own baseball bat. Did you ever? Uh, 
<laughs> when you saw the movie, did you ever uh, dream of doing that, making your own baseball? Yeah, I did, and I thought, wow, that, that you know, that can't be that hard, but <laughs> it is. If you ever tried to work wood before, you really got to have a talent for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I gave up after a couple of days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, my number five. Um, I had just this is just a really you know people might see it as a strange pick, but. Uh, for me, I really like this movie. I think you do too. Summer Catch from uh, 2001. It's got uh, Jessica Biel and uh, Freddie Prince Jr. And it just follows a uh, Cape Cod League uh, pitcher who um, really hasn't amounted to too much in his life. And he really feels like he's let his family down. And um, It's another quirky movie, romantic comedy, but some good baseball in there too. Some good baseball. I like at the end a little... Uh, um Ken Griffey Jr. cameo uh, at the end of the movie. If you haven't seen it, you watch it. There's also a bit of a cameo for Batavia because uh, he's he ends up being a muck dog. That's you know, right. Like, yes. so Love that's, that connection. That's always a big thing, I think. is It's funny and it's cool. <laughs> yeah, Batavia, New York is in our backyard, so that is pretty awesome. <laughs> I actually right. go there every day. See the stadium once a week, maybe. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Awesome. What's your number four? Uh, number four is The Sandlot. The Sandlot, yeah. Gotta love that movie. And, you know, there's not really any big names in it. I guess uh, James Earl Jones has a has a small part in it. Um, he's, really, the, yeah. he's the dog owner, isn't he? The, the, yes, the, he is. Or... He's the dog owner. And uh, the guy that plays the babe... Is familiar to me, but uh, I actually think he um, he's in one of my other favorite movies. Oh no, he was in um, Field of Dreams. He was one of the he was one of the Black Sox in Field of Dreams. That he plays a little vision of the babe that uh, one of the characters has. So, but besides him, there's there's really no there's nobody that I'd recognize in any other movie. Ah, you're overlooking Dennis Leary, my friend, the father. Oh my, how did I miss <laughs> that? <laughs> it's all right. It's it's a small character, but he's yeah he's the the father. He's the one that uh, owns the Babe Ruth signed baseball that the uh, the boy takes and goes and takes to the Sandlot and they play with it. Oh, I cringe when I see that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That that movie I liked so much, and it was one of those ones that I wish that I lived closer to town or closer to a to a field where you know you could get together with a pickup game that wasn't quite so structured as Little League was at the mm-hmm. time. I wasn't very good at baseball. I love the game, but I'm not good. And so playing a pickup game probably would have been a little bit better for me. I don't know, but it's just one of those ones that you're like, ah, to be a kid. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, my number four is The Natural, which we already uh, spoke about. But uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, love it good movie um and i guess i guess you know when i when i looked at my list too you know you mentioned earlier some of my movies can be flip-flopped at times but uh as it stands right now the natural is number four in mine so uh we move on to number three what do you got number three i gotta take one of your honorable mentions and throw it up to number three and that's major league that movie is just hilarious to me the the one the one fact that i'm not in love with is uh the yankees being the evil empire in it but besides that that movie corbin bernstein charlie sheen tom berenger 
funny movie. We we had the VHS back in the day. My little brother, who who's really probably not old enough to watch the movie at the time, he one time watched it five times in a row. Oh. <laughs> and we and I was and I was there for most of it, you know, <laughs> and just laughing the whole time. Yes. It is a funny movie. All right. What about my your number three here? My number three is sixty one by. Directed by Billy Crystal. Made in 2001. Barry Pepper playing Roger Maris and Thomas Jane playing Mickey Mantle. I don't think I saw it when it came out on HBO, but I, I think I saw it when it was out on DVD. And, mm-hmm. you know, this was an era of baseball that I, I really wish I was around for. And just an exciting time. And, and I think pretty well done. And they couldn't have picked any better actors for them to play those two characters and Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. I thought they did superb. And Billy Crystal... Um, you know, has such a love for the Yankees, and you can really see it in this film. So yeah, you can definitely see it in this. In the way he put put that together and did everything he could to make it look as authentic as humanly possible. I mean, to the point of, you know, computer generation over um, Tiger Old Tiger Stadium, or and making it look like uh, Yankee Stadium is just uh, amazing. And those two actors. If you take, you know, pictures of them in black and white in their uniforms and put them next to uh, the real guys, you know, from that that era, it's you, you can see a resemblance that is amazing. They they look like those guys, and they had their their quirks down, based on you know documentaries that I've seen. Obviously, wasn't around then. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if you're a Yankees fan, and I assume you are, if you're listening to this podcast, um, check out Sixty One if you haven't. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it will be uh, well worth it. Okay, Greg, so what's your number two movie? My number two movie has to be um, Eight Men Out. A hmm. uh, movie about the uh, Black Sox scandal in 1919. I've, you, I saw parts of it, um, and this is, this is funny. It was, it was made in 1988, I want to say. Yep. I hadn't seen it until probably two years ago. I saw part of it, and then, you know, a little bit more here, a little bit more there, and finally I just went out and bought the movie because every part that I saw was just good. And so I went out and bought it, and it was really well done in my opinion. I mean, obviously nobody knows for sure, and, you know, they're always going to be called the Black Sox, but it's a good movie, and if, if you ever get a chance to watch it, it made me look up a lot of facts about the uh, about the Black Sox and read a lot of different stuff about it. It was just a good movie. Yeah, I saw it myself for the first time about two years ago, and um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was definitely a good baseball movie. My number two pick is Pride of the Yankees, 1942 black-and-white film, Gary Cooper playing Lou Gehrig. And um, I think I saw it for the first time about five or six years ago. I think it was on maybe Turner Classic Movies. I you know, just fell in love with it. It's a phenomenal movie. It really documents uh, Lou from a young age and, and mostly deals with his young adult, you know, college days and then uh, to when he became a Yankee um, and then you know, follows him until he, um, you know, passed away. And you know, kind of the, the highlight, I guess, or the, um, the climax of the movie is him giving a speech um, at the stadium and uh, that, that famous speech that we all know. So um, really touching movie, uh, great for Yankees fans. So I highly recommend it. Cool. I've 
I've not seen the whole movie. Um, I should, and uh, and I kick myself that I haven't. I've watched quite a bit of it. Just seems like never. It's never on at the right time. Maybe I got to borrow your copy. <laughs> you can borrow my copy. I think didn't you get it for me on DVD for? I think Christmas I did. <laughs> awesome. We, yeah. we saw it one time in the in the store and said, you know what, Dan's been looking for this. Happy birthday, Dan. <laughs> yeah, at the time, you know, I think it's been probably four or five years you got it for me. But it was a hard movie to find at the time. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome. I'll, I will lend it to you. You definitely need to see it, buddy. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Drum roll. What's your number one? Number one, we've already talked about it. It's your number three is 61 with uh, Barry Pepper and Thomas Jane. Directed by Billy Crystal, I just love that movie. I could watch it countless times and yep. just be amazed by how well put together it is. The acting was just, I thought, phenomenal, and it was on a low budget that they did it. They didn't, they didn't have a big giant budget, and Billy Crystal went out there and he put together a cast. You know, the the guys that played like Whitey Ford and right. Yogi Berra, Elston Howard. Um, uh, Phil Rizzuto, it just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just a, it's just a good movie. Good, good movie. Yep. So. Mel Allen is portrayed yep. in the movie. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Mel Allen, uh, just, man, I, the, just everybody in it. The, even Ford, the guy that played Ford Frick, who, that guy, you know, Ford Frick was, you know, a complete prick for putting on the, uh, the Asterix, but, the guy who played him did a phenomenal job. I just thought everybody, it was well put together, well done movie. Definitely. Um, something else to be, Go ahead. Something else to be said about 61, um, pick it up on DVD. If you don't own it, just go get it based on a recommendation because you can't go wrong. But the DVD has some great bonus features, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. It's got a great documentary, and, um, and it really shows what you mentioned earlier, how they recreated Yankee Stadium. Yep, I loved it. So, big uh, drum roll. What's uh, what's your number one movie there? Uh, my number one baseball movie is Bull Durham, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, Kevin Costner with uh, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins. Um, I could watch this movie countless times, and I was kind of late coming to this movie as well. I, I think I saw it in its entirety for the first time maybe about eight years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Not for not for the young. Um, definitely a, a little more raunchy uh, uh, baseball movie but what I love about it is how it portrays the minor league baseball system and uh, I think there's you know a lot of accuracies in there um, along with just a lot of goofiness it's a very quotable movie in my opinion um, for those of you seeing it you totally know what I'm talking about um, mm-hmm. but you know Kevin Costner um, again just you know, right, off, right off the top of my head you know you have Bull Durham for the love of the game and Field of Dreams uh, fantastic baseball movies that he's been in, and uh, he's just so believable, you know, as a baseball player. He, he really is. He he could play that that baseball player that you love. You just love to watch watch him do do those characters. He he does a he does a really really good job. And in this one, he was a mentor to to um, Tim Robbins' character. And man, he just you know just. Saying the the stuff he says as as a catcher to his pitcher was just it, you probably don't see that much in the in the major leagues. You wouldn't see a, a catcher, you know, giving away his uh, his his pitcher's next pitch to the to the to the guy batting and then defending him two seconds later when 
when the hitter's just standing around looking at his home run. I mean, it. Yeah. It was. It's a really, really well done movie, and it, that should have been one of my honorable mentions. I. <laughs> But All right. It's hard to. It's so hard to pick. You know, you come up with these great movies, and it's just like, and that that's really one of them. That's definitely towards. It's, you know, if it's if it's not in the top five, it's always in my top ten. So, we'll ask you next podcast to do your top five. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it changes daily. I'm sure. No, there. It just this proved and it proved to me because you know I sat down and you know, at first to kind of wrote down some movies but then i went online and i looked at some resources as well because i'm like there's some movies i'm forgetting and i you know what i was forgetting 61 um until i went to a website and I go oh my goodness yeah this is this is up there i, I got to rearrange my list a little bit but it, it shows you how many great baseball movies there are and uh there's so many more that i haven't seen yet um and that, that i kind of discovered as i was looking through some of these lists so um yeah, you know, I'd love to, uh, you know, hear some feedback and see some feedback on the uh, on our site and in our in our group, you know, at uh, at Facebook. So I want to hear some other people's top picks for baseball movies. Well, everyone, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Yankees Fan Cast. Next week we'll be discussing the World Baseball Classic. Thank you again. <laughs>